98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Top stories of the day presented to you at the midway point for the Burns and Gambo Show. We call it the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And we start with the NBA announcing today that they will retire the number 6 league-wide following the passing of the all-time great and civil rights activist Bill Russell. There are NBA players who currently wear number 6. LeBron is probably the most high-profile. They'll be grandfathered in. They'll be allowed to keep that number, much like Mariano Rivera and others were allowed to wear 42 until they retire. Hired. Uh, additionally, all NBA players will wear a commemorative patch on their right shoulder uh, in honor of Russell's number six and Bill yeah. Russell's career. First time in league history they've done this. Yep, never been done retired. before. So once never been done. The current generation of number sixes yeah. leave the league. No one is allowed to wear it in Suns history. According to Kellen Olson, and this sounds right, the only player to ever wear it. Sweet D, Walter Davis. It was, was the only one that wore six. It was, and I knew his number was retired. I didn't know if somebody else had worn it wow. after him before it had been retired. According to Kellen, he's the only number six the Suns have ever had in their history. So LeBron James, Lou Williams, Quinton Grimes, Bryn Forbes, Nikhil Alexander Walker are the players that are wearing number six right now. Yeah. So baseball has done it with Jackie Robinson's 42. Yeah. The NHL has done it with Wayne Gretzky's 99. Basketball has now done it with Bill Russell's number six. The NFL's not, and we might talk a little bit later about okay. who we would choose if we could choose somebody for the NFL, because it hasn't happened. Mercury guard Skylar Diggins-Smith. This gonna, is an odd story. It is. going to miss a really their, odd story. Going to miss their two remaining regular season games, the team announced today. They simply cited personal reasons. She's missed the last two games. She was listed as out with a non-COVID illness on Saturday. She sat due to personal reasons last night. The Mercury are one of four teams tied for the last two playoff spots in the WNBC. Two home games coming up. Yeah, yeah with only two just, home games to go. That's they it. Ju- and one of them is against Chicago, who they lost to in the WNBA Finals last year. They just lost on Tuesday. They had won on Saturday against New York. They lost on Tuesday. They've got no Diana Taurasi, obviously, for the rest of the season. She's out. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Two games left in the season. Like... I mean, I don't know what the situation is with uh, with Diggins Smith, but man, two games left to get into the, win both games at home. You're in the, you're probably in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Tarasi news was bad enough with the quad injury. This this is curious, and I'm very curious to know what the rest of the story because this does not seem like an ideal time for this to happen. The Arizona Diamondbacks nine to three winners against the Pittsburgh Pirates after trailing for most of this game. They rallied big time as they come up with a seven run seventh inning against the Buccos today, and that included a bases-loaded, bases-clearing double by Dalton Varsho. Emmanuel Rivera had a two-run double as well. That guy that that guy that, uh, that pitches at the end of the games, he had a 1-2-3 ninth inning, even though it wasn't a safe situation. Mark Melanson needed only 12 pitches. Yeah, yeah Mark yeah. Melanson. Maybe all he needed was a little bit of a nudge, right? Yeah. Or not. Maybe Ian Kennedy's going to continue to get the save opportunities. I don't know. Merrill Kelly got the start today, five innings. 
four hits, gave up three earned runs, walked three. So his streak of seven consecutive quality starts came to an end today. Yeah, but they won the game he pitched in, which is important. Now, 51 wins for the D-backs. What did they have last year altogether? 52. 52. One more win, yep. and they tie the paltry win total that they had all of last season. Indeed, and it's mid-August, so they're yeah. going to blow that number away. We'll have some news on Corbin Carroll coming up in a little bit when we talk about Sounds that. Sounds good, but our top story of the day today is the NFL preseason. It's officially underway. There are two games on the docket tonight. The Arizona Cardinals are back at it tomorrow, opening their preseason against the Cincinnati Bengals. We know that there are a bunch of guys who are not going to play. There are a bunch of guys who are going to play, and among those guys who are going to play that we're going to be keeping an eye on, perhaps for me, no more so than Eno Benjamin. Sure. I would imagine he's going to get a lot of looks tomorrow. This is his opportunity, the first of a few, to really step up and claim that number two running back spot on the roster. Yeah, I just checked in yesterday to see where, where the running back situation is, and is there is definitely a battle for the number two uh, running back between Darrell Williams and Eno Benjamin. Darrell has not been flashy, but he is a very versatile back that they really like in the run pass game, Eno, you know, everybody's just raving about the maturity level, but what I was told that he is the most dynamic, explosive, natural runner they have. Like, he is the most dynamic, explosive guy that they have on their roster bar none. So they're going to give him every opportunity to win that job as the number two guy. He's been here for a number of years with Cliff, knows the system real well. I know Darrell Williams has done it before. Eno's been you know, kind of biding his time and waiting for this opportunity, but that opportunity does truly seem, and we, you know, we, we know not to put too much stock into the preseason and, and camp and everything like that, but there really does seem to be uh, a lot of truth to the fact that there is a battle for the number two running back in the Cardinals camp. It does seem like it, and that role, how many touches did we say that Chase Edmonds got last year? Like 140-something? Yeah, he averaged about 10... Yeah, he played in 12 games, so he averaged a little bit over 10 touches per game when you consider running the football and also catching the football. He had 159 touches last year. This in, matters. In yeah, so it's about 12 11 games. or 12 touches per game. Started 11 in 12 total games. He had 159 touches. It does touches. matter, yeah. This matters. That This number two guy matters. Here's something else that matters. There are a handful of starters who are going to be playing tomorrow. Not many, but a few. Um the one that a lot of us are going to be watching is Marco Wilson, just because he's been getting a little push from Cliff Kingsbury. It hasn't all been, hey, add a kid, way to go get him, you're playing great. No, there's been a little been a little criticism mixed in there by Cliff and the continued belief that the Cardinals have to do something in the cornerback spot. Yeah, and I still fully expect, as I've been saying for a while now, that they will trade for a cornerback. The guys that they had in, even yesterday, they're just average guys, nothing to write home about. About, nothing that they feel is going to make an impact for them. So I do expect that they will make a trade for a cornerback. Now, when that is, not sure, because as we've talked about a few times, some teams are reluctant to give up a, a player now because there's still so much time left. You don't, what if a guy gets hurt in a preseason game and you just traded you know, a, a cornerback to the Cardinals and you've got a guy goes down or two guys go down? So some teams like to wait a little bit longer to make sure that they can get through the preseason unscathed before they make that trade. I've almost gotten to the point where it's they need two. They, they, they need they need to add two cornerbacks. Well, like, it's possible they like, have a trade worked out right now that they've talked to teams are like, listen, if you're going to cut you know if this if you're going to cut that guy, we'll we'll trade you a fifth round pick. Yeah. It's very possible that they already have something worked out. That team is just going to wait to make sure that no there are no injuries. Trade a player. Trade for a player. 
sign a player who's still a free agent, I think you need to throw quantity at that position. You want everything. That, yeah. well, well, I mean, I don't blame you. I, what they have right now, mm-hmm. it's not even close to enough. Then the other thing to watch for tomorrow night is going to be the pass rush situation. Dennis Gardeck is another one of those starters who's going to actually play in this game. He's one of only a handful. We'll be paying attention to him because some believe that he can fill that role at least on a part-time basis. And of course, we'll be looking at Myjay Sanders and we'll be looking at Cameron Thomas, the two rookies they drafted in the third round. Sanders seems to be the one who's getting more of the play right now, two weeks into Which camp. Which is interesting because I thought Thomas was better suited with his physicality, the body he has. With Majai Sanders, it's more of a, he was more of a thinner, a lean guy. But both, I mean, he was an excellent pass rusher. Sanders was an excellent pass rusher at Cincinnati. Had some really big games for them. So I, I've been telling you, I, I am excited about both guys because I do think, listen, it's hard to hit on both of them, but man, if they hit on one of them, that would go a long way towards helping this team win a lot of, a lot of football games. Kevin Durant has his eyes set on a reunion, potentially. A reunion with James Harden. Really? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull a mask off at Old Lone Ranger. And you Jim Croce's from Philly? Wow. From just outside Philly, grew up in a suburb in Pennsylvania, and then went to Villanova. Some of the best music ever is Jim Croce. He's a Philly guy. Oh, my God, I love his music. You should have seen the looks on Eric's and Mitch's face Yeah, that they were able to play this song for you to kick off our Philly segment. I can tell you're very pleased with yourselves, both of you. I can can tell. And you should be. You should be very pleased. We had a very long meeting of the minds on which Philadelphia song we should go through. Uh, A couple options, maybe. uh, Will Smith. uh, (laughs) This would be better for Gamble. Yeah, Will Smith. I'm not saying somebody would have slapped you if you had suggested Will Smith, but this is much better for Uh, for Gamble. Time in a bottle. I got a name. Operator. This this music is great. For anybody that has never discovered Jim Croce music, this music is fantastic. I didn't His realize. music is great. I didn't realize he only made it to 30. He died really, really young. Yeah. Oh, plane crash, I think, right? Was it a plane I crash? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got so many great songs. He does. All right. So uh, why are we playing Philly music? We're playing Philly music, or at least, you know, Philly music, because the Philadelphia 76ers have, surprise, kind of entered the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. And in a way, the story I read in the Inquirer today, the same one you read in the Inquirer, we both emailed it to each other today. I got the impression from that article. You tell me if you think I'm wrong. Okay. I got the impression from the article that Philly was almost surprised they were in on it. Like, oh, 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 really? He wants to come here? And Philly might be talking to Brooklyn about Kevin Durant. I got a real tone of surprise from the article that the Philadelphia 76ers are somehow in this to the point where yeah. their logic has been almost the same as ours here in Phoenix in that, hey, if a guy like Kevin Durant wants you, you kind of have to want him. I started to think about this you know, this morning when I was you know, getting prepped for the show. Remember when Gonzo left the D-backs? Yes. Where did he go? The Dodgers. Why did he go to the Dodgers? He wanted to stick it to the he Diamondbacks. He wanted to play the Diamondbacks. Sure did. Do you think Kevin Durant wants to stick it to the Nets? <laughs> you go to Boston or Philly, you go team up with those players, you might be able to stick it to the Nets. For if what? He, what have the Nets done 
What's I wrong with him? He is found. You can find a way to hate people if you want. I to. suppose so. I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's mad because they fired one of their assistant coaches that he liked without consulting we him. Don't know. We don't know what it went on. We don't know what went on. What we know at the end of the season, he was all supportive of Steve Nash, and now he's asking, but I got to be fired. Something happened. Something happened. I, I agree. Something. Well, you know what? I'm still not convinced something happened. I'm still convinced he's using the Steve Nash, no, Sean Marks okay. thing as a way to, like, that's just the only way he's got to get out. And so he's using, I don't even know if anything happened. I think he's just using that as the way to get out of town. Yeah. I, I don't know if anything happened. Maybe the problem with the with Philly is that, w- w- the problem with Philly is that they don't have the draft capital. So the Nets traded Harden and Millsap to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. So Philly gave up an unprotected 2022 first-round pick with the right to defer the selection until 23. So those picks are not available, as well as a 2027 first-round pick that is protected one through nine. If the pick rolls over to 28, this has the same protection. After that, it becomes two second-round picks. So there are a lot of picks that Philly has tied up right now that doesn't give them the ability to do what the Suns can do. And that's give them four first-round picks. Nope. So Philly does have a couple of good players that they can put in a deal. No doubt. But they do not have the draft capital to give to them in a trade. Tyrese Maxey's a really good player. He's a fantastic player. Matisse Thibel is is a solid, good value-add player. player. you got the Tobias Harris contract. It, you're absolutely right there. But in terms of their match, the Suns are a much favorable match in terms of the draft compensation. The player compensation, I would agree, Philly's got it. But, but beyond that... You look at these potential options. Okay, I'm almost just as skeptical of this Philly thing as I am of the Boston thing. And I'll tell you why. The Boston thing, I'm skeptical because I just don't see Brooklyn sending him to Boston. Division rival, you got screwed by them a few years ago in the Garnett and Paul Pierce trade. You really want to make that deal with them again. That's well, not I mean, a, maybe you, I mean, you can't be afraid to make the deal. No, you, well, you, uh, they, you, you can, got over us on once before. We can't be afraid to make the you deal. You can choose not to make deals with certain teams because you know that if you get burned twice, it's a really bad look. You can you can choose that. You can say, I'm not dealing with that team again. Man, it, we, we, our fans never let us forget how badly they beat us on that one. And we're going to go do another deal with them? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. All that stuff. The Philly thing, I doubt, because Kevin Durant's already in a hot rush to go team with James Harden. Third time's the charm, man. Third I mean, time's it, the charm. It's just sort of like they were like they were together in a like somewhere. It was a London? They were together somewhere. I, it, Harden and Durant. That's the part of it that I'm like. I just don't know if I think that that's where he would really want to go. Now, I would admit, him, James, him and Joel Embiid alone. Oh, oh my God. And Joel Embiid, 28 years old, in his prime. You got a couple years left. If you feel like... In the Philadelphia Inquirer, they did a great column. It's like, you know what? I mean, you, you have to. Like, if Kevin like if Kevin Durant is interested in your team, you have to look at it. You have yeah. to try. Yeah. You got to try to get him. Because Kevin Durant is a generational-type player. You put him, James Harden, <laughs> and then you put Joel Embiid on that team together, it could be real. It could be really, really dynamic. They might be the favorites in the East. They might be. I, and look, if I, I fundamentally agree with you that at the end of the day, Brooklyn's got to take the best deal they've got in front of them. And if it's a division rival, it's a division rival. And it's a conference rival, it's a conference rival. 
Straw. I just can't imagine they're going to have much of an appetite to send him somewhere where he's going to haunt them for the next couple of years. You know, like we always talk about the Nash trade a lot to the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was the best deal the Suns could have made, and it was two first round picks. But that was for a player who was never going to come back and bite you. He was done. He was cooked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If Nash were in a position where he could have come back to haunt you... You wouldn't have made the trade. Nope. Nope. Wouldn't you have. probably wouldn't have made the trade. Wouldn't have. Because that's your division rival. You hate them. And if you're competing with them, if you're hoping to compete with them, you can't send an in-his-prime Steve Nash to the Los Angeles Lakers. You just can't do it. I'm just going to get... How many games do you think he played with the Lakers? Nash? Was it like 30 games I, total in all those years? I don't remember. You're making look it up. I don't think show. he played many games at all with them. Steve but he had team, they had teamed up. That was their big offseason. Because I know you're a big advocate for make the best, make the best deal, deal you can. And, and I think that's mostly true. I think there are limits to that. Okay, the, the, Celtic, and, the Celtics sent three of the best players to the Nets. It didn't come back to bite them. Yeah, because they knew they were done. Okay. Because they, okay. they knew they were done. They're cooked. Durant's 34 years old. He's been injured a whole bunch. I mean, come on, he's not going to haunt you for 10 years. No, but he's he's still he's still good enough that he's going to haunt you for the next couple. Okay, so if, you, if there was Steve, a beautiful house that you... Steve Nash at the end of his career. He ain't Paul right. Pierce or Kevin Garnett at the end of his if career. If you could have a beautiful mansion, but you'd have to deal with a ghost for a couple of years, and then the ghost is going to go away, would you Would you do it? Okay. You get this beautiful mansion, with, but you got to deal with a ghost. How am, I, how am I supposed to answer that? I don't know. That, that's, I'm that's, trying to... Come on. Come on. This is me. I'm an analogy guy. I try to... Up okay, well, that's like, do better. Do it's, better than it's, ghosts. It's not, it's not 10 years of being haunted by Kevin Durant. It's two or three. You can't do it. And you know it. I don't agree with you. I don't, you know I don't agree with you. It, it, you know it, I don't agree with uh, you. Even on the Nash thing, if Nash were in his prime, you still would have sent him to the Los Angeles Lakers? No, I hate the Lakers. Then but, you do agree with me. I mean, I don't know. I still think you make the best deal you can make. 16. I mean, if, if, the, if the Lakers are offering you two first-round draft picks, I, nope, I'm not going to send him to the Lakers because I got a team offered me one. Like, if it's going to be the same quality of pick, unless it's a much better pick, if it's the same quality of pick, I'd rather have the two. Player in his prime? No way. No way. No way am I sending a player in his prime to a division rival. I'm I think not that, doing it. I, I think that stuff's so... I think it's so overrated. I do. I think it's so overrated. What do I care? So if the Diamondbacks... Uh, A.J. Pollock went to the Dodgers. He won a World he was Series. Always he was always hurt. He was a... He was a... A used-up asset by then. He was not an asset in his prime. He, we, we're, you're, we're talking about guys in their prime to division rivals. I care about that. You might not care. I care about that. You do care about it. I, and I, I just man, I, because I, I, I think just, the, the guys you're using as examples just don't fit. Steve Nash. I'm trying to think he, of one. I'm trying to think of one. You know why you're trying to think of one? It's hard to think of one because teams don't do it. Teams typically don't Yankees do it. Yankees have had several trades with the Red Sox. Several trades. Guys in their prime, at the peak of their powers. One of the best in their leagues in that moment. That Babe Ruth guy? Well, okay. okay. Kimball. Roger Clemens ended up playing for the Yankees. Wade Boggs ended up playing for the Yankees. I know some of it's free agency. I get it. Clemens went to Toronto first. But, okay. like, I don't like it. As long as you get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, want, I just want the best deal. What makes my team better? What makes my team better? 
I'm getting rid of this guy anyway. What do I care? I want who makes my team better. 65 games, by the way. Is that what he played in? He played in 65 games for the Los Angeles Lakers. He stole a lot of money. Yes, he did. Diamondbacks wrapped up their series against the Pirates today. They got a lot of help from some of their young studs, and more are on the way. Gambo with a Corbin Carroll update that you'll want to hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Before we update the Twitter poll question of the day, the um, the Field of Dreams game is underway right now from Dyersville, Iowa. Um, the site of the, the where they filmed Field of Dreams, the movie, the, the cornfield and the and the farm and everything. It's the Cubs and the Reds. And um, last year they had Costner come out of the corn, you know, because yeah. he starred in the movie. This year, and I was watching it here in the studio, and I've, I've already tagged a couple of uh, things on Twitter so I can go back and watch it. Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr., came out of the corn. The both of them? The both of them. And Ken Griffey Jr. said to Sr., hey, Dad, want to have a catch. Oh, man. And the two Griffies were having a catch out there in center field of the field. And then eventually the Cubs and the Reds joined them. Uh, Fergie Jenkins so, threw out the first pitch to wow. uh, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. I you saw know. Johnny Bench yeah, there. So it was, it, it's, it's like, okay, this is, I don't know how much longer they can do this because I think they, they start to run out of stuff like that. I, well, I, it's a it's a it's a tough year too because Ray Liotta died recently. I know, and I and I want Ray Liotta. I want to go back and watch it and see if they honored Ray Liotta in some way. I they, I, I, saw, I was they did a little special on it like before the game. I saw okay, but like one of the things that kind of tiss, kind of pisses me off to be honest with you. My wife showed me like they're turning the whole thing into like hotels and they're gonna build five more fields. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, because they can't, you can't play a major league game on the field that they filmed the movie on. It's, I've been there like three times. It's really small. So they had to build a stadium off of the stadium. But they're going to turn it into a, like, I know, like an amusement park. They're, they're like, going to hey, commercialize the heck out here, of it. Yeah, yeah. And all these teams could come play here, and there's going to be a hotel. And it's, right. I, I agree. Like, that, they're going to commercialize wish, the whole thing, and that, that defeats the whole purpose of what makes it special. That part I wish they wouldn't do, but the idea of building a stadium big enough to have a game there once a year. I, I do think that's pretty but cool. But stop there. Yeah, just stop, stop there. there. Just stop there. Yeah, stop there. I guess um, Vin Scully also narrated the uh, people will come, Ray, people will most definitely come speech as well. So they play so Again, all of this stuff I've like tagged on Twitter because I want to go back and watch it because I forgot to... You know, what, you know what makes baseball so special? Is that you can go back and name a hundred players from your youth in baseball and you'd have a hard time doing that in other sports. You would, you'd have a hard time going back and naming 100 players from the 70s in football or hockey or basketball. I just think it's easier in baseball, right? You know, because it was, you know, when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, baseball was the number one sport in, in, in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I could I name a lot of basketball players. I could name a lot of yeah. football players. Yeah, I could name I could name a lot of football players. I watched a lot of football. Do you name more, don't you think you can name more baseball? I don't know. I don't know. I've never really tried. That would, that, uh, I've always felt like that. I've never. I mean, I know you're a huge baseball fan. I, I watched more football as a kid growing up than I did baseball. Football was always on You had on time for house. football to watch? Yeah, I did when I wasn't at the movies. Yeah, when I wasn't nerding out at the movies. Let's okay. uh, update our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Sorry about that, Eric. We were just riffing on Field of Dreams. What do you got for us Did they have today? a catch or did they play catch? <laughs> I think they had a catch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, we'll in, move on from that. Because it's only, seriously, you only, it's only when you're at the Field of Dreams do you have a catch. Everywhere else you play catch. 
That's no. the situation we grew up have a catch. I think it depends on where, where you grew up. I'll have to go back and find the poll that we did when this original conversation happened, but uh, let's get to this poll right now. Okay. Obviously, tomorrow, first preseason game for the Cardinals out in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. What will you be watching slash evaluating the most during this preseason game? Are you going to focus on the running backs? Who gets that number two running back spot? Are you going to focus on the offensive line? Maybe those backups, Josh Jones and Josh Miles, how are they going to play? Or those potential starters, Zayvon Collins, Dennis Gardeck, Marco Wilson, and lastly, the pass rush rookies, Myjay Sanders and Cam Thomas. I went with the pass rush rookies. I, I went with the offensive line, and I know I'm in the way minority on this one. What's our yeah, audience say? 8% with offensive oh. line, lower than before, and the lead is 48.5% potential defensive starters. Gambo, you're in second place, 25.9% pass, pass rush rookies, 17.7% said they'll keep an eye on that running back race between Eno and Daryl Williams. Alright, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word. It's where it's at. Diamondbacks beat the Pirates today, nine to three. Diamondbacks took the series against the Pirates, three out of four. I believe the Diamondbacks are four and two in the series that they've played since the All Star break. They're playing a decent brand sure. of baseball, good baseball. And yet we might be three weeks away, give or take, yeah, from the next great Diamondbacks player being in a D backs uniform. Yeah, nothing is imminent right now, but I do. I, I think it's likely that Corbin Carroll will be a September call-up. I think that's the way it's headed. He never would have been called up if David Peralta was still on the team, but without Peralta, you can make the argument that in September he'll get called up. He's not going to get called up in August. They, they've had this goal for a long time to, you know, to get him up here. The problem, and I think the delay may simply be that he's a center fielder, and he's not going to come here and play center field because Alec Thomas might be the best center fielder in baseball. He might be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Alec Thomas is that good. So he's a center fielder that's going to have to play a corner outfield spot. They're getting him acclimated to left field and right field right now, far shows your right fielder, but he could play left and, you know, McCarthy could become your fourth outfielder maybe. But if you once they bring Corbin Carroll up, he's going to play every day. Occasional day off, but he's going to play every day. And it's very likely that this is a one-way ticket. The goal is that this is a one-way ticket, that he is not going to go back to the minors. If he comes up in September, the, the goal is that he, he is a major league player from that point forward. Upton never went back, did he? I don't think so. When Upton, I don't think I don't believe when so. Upton came up because I mean, really, if we're being honest, that's not. I that, don't think he did. Not, think that right. not that they're a similar player, but in terms of their stature, that's the comp, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay. Justin Upton, prize, prize, prospect. Here he comes. Boy, it was a big deal when he got called up, and and that's the comp. They're, they're not similar. Players, at least they're not totally similar players. They are, I mean, they got the power and the speed. But I don't think Upton, when he came up, it was that was it. I mean, he wasn't going back. There was never even a discussion about him going back. And I understand there are there are ways to you know if you if you play the service time manipulation game, maybe you can buy they're an extra year. They're not going to do that. Not going to do that. Not going to do that with so him. One way ticket with Corbin Carroll. If Car- that, that's that's why they're doing this the, the way they're doing it. I mean, he's killing he's killing it right now. Triple A, swinging about. Really, he's batting over 400. Uh, it's just a matter of he's got to get the reps. He's got to get more reps in left field. He's not going to replace Alec Thomas in center because Alec Thomas is just too good. Alec Thomas is a great. I, I think Alec Thomas may be the best defensive center fielder in the game. So um, you're going to call him up, Carroll. I expect he gets called up in September, and then I then he's going to play all the time, and he'll get an occasional day off. And I think McCarthy could spell everybody for a day here and there. But you'll have four dynamic outfielders. The interesting part about their four outfielders, Varsho, McCarthy. 
Dempsey, uh, Alec Thomas, and then Corbin Carroll. They're all left-handed hitters. That does change, though, when Drew Jones gets here. Now, I know Jones. that's mm-hmm. a few years down the road because he's only yep. 18 years old. Yep, and he's, and he's hurt right now. Yeah, and he's hurt right now. But whenever he arrives, and that's, again, probably two, three years down the road, whenever he arrives, that will change the dynamic a little bit. But yes, they are very right now, left-handed, left-handed hitting yeah. heavy, very skewed. They're going to have to find that balance somehow with the rest of their lineup. And you can do it if you catch as a right-handed hitter. Sure. Your first baseman with Walker, and your shortstop ends up being a right-handed hitter, and your third base. You could mix and match the lineup, lefty righty, lefty righty. Uh, but yeah, all of their all of their outfielders, the four outfielders they're going to have are going to be left-handed I'm hitters. I'm excited about seeing this kid. Oh Ian. my god, I want to go. I, the first game he plays, I want to be there. Fifty-eight games with Double A, two hundred and two hundred and twenty-seven at bats, sixteen homers, thirty-nine RBI. He hit three thirteen with an OPS over nearly eleven hundred, one thousand seventy. In just 20 games at AAA Reno, he's got four homers, 15 RBI. He's hitting over 400 in the month of August. He's hitting 325 total with an OPS over 1,000, 1,007 yeah. when it's all said and done. He's it, Thursday, September 1st at home against the Brewers. Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the Brewers. If it's a true September call-up, that if would be the first. If it's a true September call-up, I want to go to that game. I want to go to that game. They are, you'll have you'll have three games against four games against the Brewers Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then three against the Dodgers, three four against the Padres, three against the Giants to see him play. So there's four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, fourteen home games in September. So if this kid gets called up, like I, I, I he's the number one prospect in all of baseball. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go watch him play. Make no mistake, the Diamondbacks are banking on him being a star just as the Diamondbacks were banking on Justin Upton being a star 15 years ago. I, I mean, it's it's they are counting on this next generation of Diamondbacks players, be it Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Drew Jones when he gets here, Jordan Lawler when he gets here, to be the ones that everyone's going to want to buy their jersey. You know, the ones that everyone's like like the, like these are the the the, the fan the players that you're going to love as a fan. You know, the ones whose jerseys you're going to want to buy. The Diamondbacks are counting on these guys being that player for them. When we come back, the NFL season it is underway. The preseason starts tonight. The preseason has already started. What are five big things to watch as the season approaches? We'll give you the list. Coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Yahoo Sports came out with a list of the five most intriguing preseason storylines to follow. Preseason, I know it started last week with the Hall of Fame game. Tonight, I feel like tonight's kind of the kickoff of the preseason. You got two games tonight, you got a whole bunch tomorrow, you got a whole bunch Saturday, you've got one on Sunday. Cardinals, of course, tomorrow taking on the Bengals, and we already kind of know about guys who will or will not play. We'll kind of get into that a little bit. I kind of feel like Yahoo missed the boat a little bit on the five that they selected. They're good, make no mistake. That's probably better. I think the best thing, the most interesting thing to watch this preseason will be, A, 
how Trey Lance does in San Francisco and B, what the 49ers do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. I sure. think that's the biggest story of the preseason. There's I no think, hints as to what team Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up on. We really don't have any. Like, there's been rumors and he could go here, but there's no real feeling of where he's going to end up. Like, that's not out there. Like, could he end up in Seattle? Maybe. I mean, maybe he could end up in Seattle. That's a, that's a good organization. Uh, it's been a good organization that needs a quarterback. Like, they need a quarterback. I don't know. Um, the Trey Lance thing is fascinating to me. They're turning it over to him. They're all in on Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo's led him to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game in the last three years. But, you know, they're moving on, obviously, because they feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is only going to get you so far. And they feel like Trey Lance is the guy. They, they gave up a lot of inventory to move up to get him. And mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy. Now, me and you have talked about, like, this, you know, the 49ers have a great roster. But they may not win as many games as people are projecting just because if their quarterback's really not ready, it's going to hurt them. We didn't bring this up yesterday um, for a couple reasons. One, we just kind of ran out of time. And number two, because Gambo absolutely despises power rankings. Oh, just despises God, I hate them. It. I hate him. And, and I don't, I don't I, like I've said a million times, I don't like them as a guide. I just like them for the conversations they create, right? NFL.com came out with a power ranking yesterday. They had the San Francisco 49ers fourth in the entire NFL. They got a great pass rush. Fourth. They got a great defense. They got great skill position players. There's a terrific story out right now that Kyle Shanahan finally admitted it that they were they were deciding between Mac Jones and Trey Lance in that. They would they were deciding between Mac Jones and Trey Lance in that 2021 NFL draft. It wasn't um, you know, Fields or anybody else. Those were the two guys they were they were deciding, but they went with Trey Lance. Now Mac Jones has kind of established himself as a good quarterback with New England, mm-hmm. and Trey Lance is going to get his opportunity as the starting quarterback of the 49ers right now. They got talent. It's a very talented roster, but as you know, and we've seen it many, many times, you could have a really talented roster. If your quarterback's no good, you're, you're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not going it anywhere. Matter. And that's, to me, why I think it's just absurd to think of the fourth best team in the NFL going into the regular season. Whoever wrote this, however they compiled it, I don't know. And again, it's just a power ranking. Who cares? But man, that seemed awfully high. By the way, if I remember right, I think the Cardinals were 17th on the list, which I don't have a huge problem with. But the 49ers at fourth, yeah, huge problem. So you're right. The teams, I mean, we've speculated, you and I, on could he go to Seattle? Could he go to the Rams to back up Stafford in case Stafford's elbow right. problems are an issue. He's a great insurance policy seat for somebody, Fantastic. you know, as a one-year deal to try to like reestablish value and then go be a. St- but he's a starter. Like I don't look at Jimmy Garoppolo and say, "Man, that guy's a backup now." No, I think that he is still a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I agree, but. I also think if you're a team and you want absolutely rock-solid insurance as a backup, Jimmy Garoppolo is a fantastic insurance policy. I mean, just if you've got yeah. championship aspirations mm-hmm. and you're one quarterback injury away from having all that dashed, Jimmy Garoppolo is one hell of an insurance policy to yeah. buy against that. I don't disagree with that. I mean, that is, yep. Because you can win. You know, you always say, can your quarterback come in and win a couple of games for you if, you, if your quarterback misses three games? We saw it last year with 
Colt McCoy won two games out of three. But you don't ever look at it like what happens long term if your quarterback's out. Okay. Now there have been, and we've seen it. Like I, I saw it firsthand with the Giants when Phil Sims went down and Jeff Hosteller came in and won a Super Bowl for him. Sure. Jimmy Garoppolo's that type of guy. He's a Jeff Hostetler type of guy. Jeff Hostetler went on to start for the Raiders, left the Giants, went to the Raiders as a starting quarterback. So I, we've seen it before where guy Vince Ferragamo with the Rams when Pat Hayden went down, led him to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 79. Oh, Nick Foles. But Ferragamo. Nick Foles, Nick Foles more Foles. recently for the right, Eagles. Nick Foles right, Nick Foles with the Eagles. So went down. And then he ended up being a starter for a few years, sure. but he's a backup now. But he, he never really stuck after that, right? Like teams tried to make him a starter. He was never any good. He, no. his, his Hostetler was good. Like Hostetler was decent being a with starter the, yeah, for a number of years. He was decent with the Raiders. But it, it's, it's sometimes, and maybe that's Garoppolo's calling. I mean, you can look. You're never going to make starter money. You can make decent money as a backup quarterback in this league. Like, And he's already made a ton of money. Jimmy Garoppolo is what, on the last year of a deal that paid him like $25 million a year? I mean, and Jimmy, he's got the Subway commercial. And he's got the yeah. Subway commercial, which his grandma calls him handsome. So he's got that going for him, too. Uh, the Yahoo story, the five that they listed of the preseason things to watch, I thought number five probably should have been number one on their list, and that's Deshaun Watson and how much he's going to play this preseason. And now the news that's trickling out within the last hour or so. To make a deal. But apparently he's trying to make a deal with the NFL. He has leaked to the media that he'd be willing to accept an eight-game suspension and pay a $5 million fine. Of course, he's been handed a six-game suspension. The league wants a full year. It's going to an appeals hearing you know, as we speak, and we don't know when that's going to come down. But clearly he's trying to play, let's make a deal with the NFL to see if he can avoid an entire year's I'm going to say that the NFL declines the eight years and the five million. And I'm going to say they go for the jugular in a full year suspension. I think they had, I think they'll decline it. Well, the NFL ultimately controls how long the guy's suspended. I know. That's why I think. I mean, if Roger Goodell it. wants to suspend him for the year, Roger Goodell fully has the power vested in him by the collective bargaining agreement. But he's not doing the hearing, right? No, he's not, because he's trying to make he's it impartial. trying to give the view of impartiality. Mm-hmm. But Roger Goodell's got the power to drop the hammer on so him. So maybe that's why Watson knows it. Like, hey, listen, I'll give in a little bit here. I'll throw on two more games. Yep. Here's five million bucks because I, you know, the way I did my contract, here's five million dollars. And I think the NFL is going to decline that. We'll see. Also, to watch in the preseason, the Panthers quarterback competition. Which is it really a competition? I keep reading Baker Mayfield's just like if Sam, Sam Darnold every day. Like, why would you go get Baker Mayfield? They, not that they gave up a whole lot to get Baker Mayfield, nope. but why would they Why would they go get Baker Mayfield if they really thought that Sam Darnold could be their starting quarterback? I read a story today, and I told you this earlier on the show. I read a story today that Baker Mayfield ran a two-minute offense against the Panthers' defense that scored a touchdown. And a guy on the defense was so upset about it, he's like, we want to do it again. One more time. Run it again. We need to stop this. Baker Mayfield went out and ran another touchdown off of a two-minute offense against the Panthers' defense. I not only think he's going to be really good in Carolina, I actually think he's going to be a commodity next offseason in terms of a quarterback. I think I think he's going to reestablish value in his career, and he is going to be a sought-after quarterback in this league. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I just think Baker, he was hurt. It's Cleveland. It's not the greatest organization in the world. I, I think he's got the chance to reestablish some value this year with the one year he spends with Mark the Panthers. Sanchez, Todd Marinovich, Sam Darnold, I know the USC quarterback, Matt Leinert. 
How do USC quarterbacks don't do very well in the NFL? No, they don't. Let's go with that Sam Darnold guy. Carson Palmer. Carson, right, that's the one. Carson Palmer's the hey, one. He was good. And, and, I mean, he was, yeah, he was good at the beginning, he was good at the end. In the middle, things kind of got a little sideways on him. Uh, and then, of course, the Steelers situation, the Seahawks situation. Now, when we come back on Burns and Gambo, we knew Kevin Durant's antics were a message sent to the Nets organization. But that's not the only power play Durant had in his pocket. He also had money. Lots of money in his pocket. Unique financial leverage, and he used it. We'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.